Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. Oh, I love the energy already. Yeah. So good to see you. We're so glad that you are here today. We're excited today because we're uh, having baptisms at, our, at the end of each service, and, and today we're going to be baptizing over 25 people. Matter of fact, I think there's 27 that will be baptized today. And so we baptized like six the last service. I think there's four or five this service. And then there's about 16 in our 12 o'clock service. So, yeah, it's just awesome. It's awesome. So that's why I've got, that's why I'm sort of dressed this way. I usually have a button-up shirt, but I've got to get the easy escape route out because uh, I'm doing all the baptisms today. It's the one time of the year that I do them, and uh, I'm excited about it. Well, today let's get started, and I want to ask you a question, okay? And I want you to be honest, all right? How many of you in this room would say, hey, I would love to have a little more peace in my life? Let me see your hands, all right? I want to know who you are. Okay, that is about 96% of us. The other five of you can leave. <laughs> you know, it's, peace is something that we're looking for. Whether listen, if you're, matter of fact, you might be a business owner, and you know you're just struggling with trying to get things done. You might be a homemaker and uh, a stay-at-home mom, and you're trying to keep track of everything in your home, uh, and that brings stress. And then, or you may be a student and just trying to get through the next semester. You know, like man, I just got to get through this. And so everybody in this room faces stress in some form or fashion. You know, you just face it. We all do. There's no stress-free life. And as a matter of fact, the doctors tell us that stress, the wrong kind of stress, which is the, the kind that we know about, is very bad for us. And um, we're like, duh, <laughs> we know that, you know. How, do we get how does it get better? And uh, matter of fact, this is one of those things where I want to ask you, Today, I want to do a test with you and see if you know anything about stress at all. It's called the stress test. Now, we're not going to get on a treadmill, so you can relax, all right? But we're going to do the stress test. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have some questions come up here, our statements, and I want you to finish them. And if you can finish all these statements, you are very, very familiar with stress, all right? So let's get ready. You ready? Let's get started. Here we go. The first one is, you ready? I'm ready to throw in the... Well, all right, pretty sharp there. Okay, you ready? Here we go. The next one is, I'm at the end of my... It's stressful. Folks here, I can tell you that. You ready? Here we go. Let's try the next one. I'm just a bundle of... My life is falling... I'm at my wits... Okay, you probably won't get this last one, all right? It made it a little more difficult. You ready? I'm feeling like resigning from the human race. See, I tried to slow that down to trick you, and you still got it. You're a bunch of stressed-out folks here today. 
You know, you know what I'm glad about? I am so glad to know that I'm talking to people that want to hear what I got to say. Because I asked you at the beginning, I said, how many of you would like to have more peace in your life? And 96% of you raised your hands. So you know that tells because as a you know, as someone that's a speaker, you want to talk to people that want to hear what you got to say. Have you ever had someone talking to you and you don't want to hear what they want to have to say? Some of you said, Yeah, last night my husband. <laughs> don't look at them right now, right? But it's great to do that. So today well, I'm glad to know that because I really do believe that we're gonna be able to help you. Look what this issue of stress has been around for a long, long time. You know, again, it's not a 21st century issue. It's a human race issue. Over 3,000 years ago, a guy by the name of Solomon wrote about this. And look what he said this in Proverbs. It's Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 14 and 30. It says this. A, new, a heart at peace. Let's read the, the next couple words together. You ready? Come on. Gives life to the Wow, would you agree with that? In other words, if you want your health to get better, then you've got to take your stress down. Stress will eat you. Matter of fact, you know that stress raises your blood pressure. Stress, stress causes you all kinds of stomach issues. It causes your body all kinds of problems. And so stress will, eat, stress will literally eat you alive. And so today he goes on to say, but envy rots the bones. So the, the title that I have today is this, is How to Become a More Peaceful Person. And so today I'm going to tell you three things that are proven. There, there's some things you know that, you, that people teach you that they've heard about. There's some, some things that people that teach you, they try to teach you things that, you know, maybe somebody else told them. But I'm telling you today, what I'm teaching you is something that I'm learning and have... I'm learning. That means I'm putting into practice. And in my life, I've had to do this to keep them going crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, what I'm going to teach you is, is help me to, to deal with stresses like you would never believe could come your way. And so today, I want to transfer what I'm learning to you through God that he's going to help you, that you can have more peace in your life and more sanity in your life. So the first one is this. You ready? Would you write this down? Number one, obey God's word. Obey God's word. Now I know when I when I, as soon as I say that, I'm like, I know you're probably going, duh, duh. I mean, we're at church, duh. You're, you're the pastor, you're supposed to say that, duh. Well, there's a lot more to that. Do you know that? When you begin to live your life by the Bible, it simplifies your life. Most of us are stressed out because our lives are so complicated. Everybody says to me, oh, life's so complicated. But I want to tell you something. It's not, it's not as complicated when you have the answers. And that's what God's Word does. It gives you the answer to life. 99% of the, the issues that you face in your life have been answered by the Bible. And if you will live according to God's Word, then guess what? You don't have to make all these decisions. They're already made for you. Am I going to lie? No. Why? Because the Bible says not to. Why? Why shouldn't I lie? I'll tell you why. Because when you lie, you're stressed out that somebody's going to find out. Okay, nobody in this room has experience with that, so take it from me. Right? I mean, we've all done it. We've all said something that wasn't true, or, or, or we've all been in that category sometime through our life. And you know the, you know the, the stress of worrying about people going to find out the truth. 
When they call you, it's like, you see their number come up on your phone. And so that's why we don't do it, so you don't have to deal with that stress. All kind, every, everything the Bible has to teach is to eliminate stress. If you do it God's way, stress goes down and peace goes up. And so today as we look in God's Word, look what it says in Psalms 119, 165. Those who love your instructions have great what? Would you circle those two words, great peace? That's what we want. We don't want just peace. We want great peace. You know, the world might say that you have peace if you have money in the bank. But I could take you to millionaires right now that are stressed out. I never forget the day that I had a, I had a, a guy that's a multimillionaire come and sit in my office about 10 years ago. He said, Jeff, I'd give everything to, that I have to have what you have. I'm like, brother, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyways, <laughs> he said, no, to have the peace that you have. And I was able to introduce him to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it's great peace. And he says, and those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Jesus was very clear about this. And, and I'm telling you, man, he, Jesus wanted to make sure we got it. So he told a story. You know, the story that Jesus told was the story of the prodigal son. And for those of you that maybe you haven't been around church, uh, and so I want to uh, fill you in on this story. There was a man that Jesus said had a son. He had two sons. And one of those sons said, hey, I want my stuff now. Dad, everything that you're going to give me when you die, I want to go ahead and right now. Matter of fact, I'm going to live as if you're dead. I want my stuff. And Jesus told the story that the father went ahead and gave him his son. He did, gave his son his stuff, his share of the inheritance. He didn't want to do it. And the son said, Dad, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of your ways. I'm not doing it your way anymore. I'm going to do it my way. And he took his money and he left. And he began to live like he wanted to live, like there was no rules. There was no, no consequence to life. And as he did, the Bible says he took his money. And, and when he had a lot of money, he had a lot of friends, and he partied hardy. And he lived like there was no tomorrow. But guess what? The money run out. The friends run out. You know, when the money's gone, the friends are gone. The so-called friends are gone, right? They left. And he was in a foreign country. And so the only job that he could find was taking taking slop out to hogs, to pigs, and, and slopping the pigs. And the Bible says he got so hungry that he joined the pigs in their meal. He ate the slop because that's all he had. And the Bible says that he remembered his father, that at his father's house, servants eat much better than that. And so he made his way back to his father's house. He said, Father, Dad, I don't want you to take me in as a son. Just make me one of your servants because your servants live a thousand times better than everybody else that lives their own way. So here's the deal. Jesus told that story because he said, anytime that you and I live our lives outside of God's word, we become a prodigal. And you know, the, the words that, that, product, that, that happened for that prodigal was that they regretted. The prodigal son regretted that he had done that. And every time that we live our lives outside of God's word and we make decisions on our own accord and not according to God's word, that at the end there will be regret. 
God wants you to live your life regret-free. And so anytime we do it, so here's a choice. We're either going to be prodigal people or we're going to be peace-filled people. You get to choose. Your choice is God's Word. God's Word, if I choose to make God's Word my guidebook for living, then, then I get to choose. I get to be a peace-filled person or I get to be a prodigal person. I get to choose. And God says, I've got the answers for you right here that's going to bring peace. Prodigal, prodigal people live with regrets. Peaceful people live with peace. And so it's your choice. You get to choose. And, and God is hoping, and I hope, that you choose God's way so that you can live with peace, that your life goes up. Do you know last night, I told you that Rhonda and I, you know, I do that prayer with her every night. I've told you that a thousand times because I'm hoping it's going to rub off on you because it begins to bring peace in your home. But last night, she would tell you, the last thing that I prayed was I held her hand and said, God, take the people of SCC up. As I prayed for you all week, it's just, when I pray for you every day, when I'm on my knees and I'm praying for you, I said, God, take them up. I, what makes me happy is seeing your lives get better. And I know God's word is one of those tools that will help it to go up. Okay. Let me say this before I move on. The problem that we have is this. Listen to this. A lot of people have uphill dreams. Like they want to they go there. They're here, but they want to be there. And they look at in their marriage, they want to be there. In their work, they want to be there. You know, at school, they want to be there. They just want to be there in their career. It's uphill dreams. But the problem is they have downhill habits. When you have uphill dreams and a downhill habit, downhill habits, you can never get to where you want to go. And so that's why, that's why I'm so firm and that's why I bring the Bible out every week and that's why I want you to do it. Why? Because when you begin to go live by God's Word, guess what? You develop some uphill habits. And when you have uphill habits, it will take you uphill. You'll get to go where you want to go. You will go up. But if you have these uphill dreams and you have these downhill habits, friend, you will never get there. You'll defeat yourself. And so today, by the power of Jesus Christ and by the authority of God's Word, I, I pray that you will begin to read it and listen. If you can't say, well, Pastor Jeff, you know, I'm not very good at reading it. Listen to it. You say, well, I might just plug it in and I forget what I hear. No, you won't. You keep listening to it over and over. It's going to come back up. You can't keep putting it in. It, won't, it will come out. You know, if you listen to bad stuff, it's going to come out. I remember one time, I don't know where my son heard this or not, heard this, but one time we was, I, I don't know if I've ever told this publicly, but anyway, you're the first. But we're standing in Target in Conyers. Back then there was a Target in, right there in Conyers. It was the old one. It was years ago. My son was about, I don't know, five years old. He looked up there and says, looked at and said, what the H is that? Needless to say, I passed out. <laughs> Where did you hear that at? You know, I'm just saying, like, you know, you didn't hear it in our home. Where did, and we try to, you know, we try to protect everything. He's watching then, you know, whatever. We thought he was going to raise an angel, you know. I don't know where he heard that. And you know what? He, he started kindergarten. And he started hearing it from kids on the playground and stuff. He's six years old. 
Yeah, about called 91. And I said, son, what did you say? He said, what the H is? I said, no, 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 don't say that again. No, 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 no. But what's in there is going to come out, right? And so with you, the same is true. So put God's word in. So I have a next step for you. Here it is on the back of this card. It's called a connection card. You know why? Because if you put your name on here, we're going to pray for you. And if you need anything from us, you're going to write on this card too so we can be connected. And it says this. It says, I will do my best to read or listen to God's word daily in order to make wise what? Decisions. Don't you want to make wiser decisions? You wouldn't be in the mess you're in if you could make wiser decisions, right? So if you check that box, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you this week. Okay, number two. Number two, accept God's pardon. Would you write that down? Accept God's pardon. This is so, oh my goodness. So, if you get this, you can be free. God's pardon. You know what, you know, to be pardoned, you know what that means? That means to be released from punishment. Yeah, maybe you've had that with your husband or wife. Maybe, maybe one of you are, are that when you get mad at your spouse, you know, one of you just clam up and don't talk to, to the other person for a week to punish them. You know what I'm saying? Like, punish, I'm not going to say anything to you for a week. I'm not speaking to you. Maybe you're that way with your parents. You know, like, I'm just going to punish my parents. I'm not going to speak to them for ever how long. And so finally, when you get over that, you finally you say, oh, you know what? They say, I'm sorry. And you know what? You finally let release that. And you start talking to them again. You released them from the punishment. You gave them a pardon. So they were sorry. When you go to, like a person, like every, every time that we have a presidential change after an election, it's amazing that they always post every, all the people that the president pardons. He has that power to release them from the punishment. I want to tell you today that, listen, if you're a Christ follower, okay, listen very closely. If you're a Christ follower today, I want you to know that God has released you from your punishment. You know how he did that? Because before you were ever born and before you were ever thought of by your mom and daddy, that over 2,000 years ago, God had his son on a cross and he had him punished to take your sin's punishment. That's why he, he took your sin's punishment so that when you ask for forgiveness, guess what? Instead of having to punish you, he would think about his son that he's already punished for you instead of you. Does that make sense to you? And so today, if you say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for this. Guess what? God does, God does not want to punish you. Some of you are going through some stuff right now and you think God is punishing you. I want to tell you, God is not punishing you. If you said, I'm sorry for my sins, and you've turned, done your best to turn away from that, my friend, you might be going through a bad time, but it's not because God is punishing you. I just want you to know that. You know the number one cause of depression for most people is guilt? Number one cause. Listen. When you're, when you're feeling guilty, you know, that you feel like this happened, and, and many, listen, I've talked to many, many people who say, you know what? Children especially say, you know, my mom and dad, would have, they would have stayed married had it not been for me. I caused them to get a divorce. That child, that teenager is dealing with guilt that's going to kill them. It's going to sabotage their future. There's been many people who said, you know what, well, you know, maybe I would, have, I would still be working at that company if this hadn't happened, if I hadn't done so-and-so when it had nothing to do with you. And it's guilt. 
Maybe we wouldn't have got a divorce if I would have done more here. It's guilt. And if the devil can make you, keep you guilty, he can keep you defeated. He can keep you eat up. And let me just tell you, here's a great one. Some of you parents sitting in this room, you think, my child would not have this issue if I would have been a better parent. And you just walk around with his guilt. Let me tell you something. The number one source of divorce. Are you listening to this? Here it is. Watch this. When you feel like you're the when you feel like everybody's problem is because of you, you will be a very depressed person. When listen, let me tell you something. You're not that good. You hear that? You're not that good. You think that everybody's problem is your problem. Well, my kid's problem, if I'd been better, you know, my, my marriage problem, if it'd been me, you know, listen, no, 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 no. You're not that good to, to be responsible for everybody's life. And the moment that you realize that, listen, everybody's problem is not because of you, and it's not what you d- did or shouldn't do. No, it's not that. And you, for, you let that guilt go, then you're going to be freed. And let me tell you, there's an enemy of your soul who doesn't want you to get that because if he can keep you feeling guilty, he can keep you down here, and you'll never be the person that you want to be and that God designed you to be. You've got to let it go. Amen. No, you're not perfect, but you're not everybody's problem. Some of you say, well, that's debatable. You just don't know them like I do. So we have to begin to get apart. Look what the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9. But if we confess our sins, would you read these next five words out loud with me? You ready? He will forgive our sins. Because we trust God to do what is right. He will cleanse us from all wrong we have done. You know what that's called? Living forgiven. Living forgiven. You know what that means? That means that I receive my pardon. Wouldn't that be nuts for the president to say, okay, you're pardoned. You don't have to go back to jail. Somebody say, oh, no, I'm going to live behind these bars. Well, we'd send them to the psych ward after that, right? Some of you right now, that's what you're doing. Like God says, I'm forgiving you. You've asked me, I've already forgiven you. But many of you are closing the, the bars back and saying, no, I deserve this. But he says, I've forgiven you. So what God has asked you today to do is the doors are already unlocked. You just push those prison bars right open and you walk out today and you choose to, I'm living forgiven. Amen. Why don't you just say that with me? I'm living forgiven. Come on, you ready? Come on. I'm living forgiven. One more time. I'm living forgiven. That's right. You Listen, somebody might bring up your past. That's all right. Listen, but God, you just remind them, you might still hold against me, but God has set me free. You can, you can tell me what an idiot I, I agree with you. I was dumb. I, I shouldn't have done it. I've told you I'm sorry a thousand times, but I want to tell you, you're not going to hold me down because God has forgiven me. Gee, Louise, I don't know if that does for you what it does for me. Mm-mm, I am free. I've got my get out of the jail free card, baby. I have passed go. I collect my $200. You know you, you know you got a good pastor when he can preach on Monopoly. Hallelujah. <laughs> Today, that step of that is becoming a Christ follower. Inside of our program is a prayer that you can make that decision, become a Christ follower, begin to receive peace in your life. That's the first step. We're not going to do it for you. It's personal. You have to do it. 
And so there's a prayer in there that will lead you to that. And if you do that, we just ask you to check the card that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you and with you. Number three, would you write this down? Oh, this is so good. Man, I, I should have called you at three this morning. <laughs> Focus on God's presence. Focus on God's presence. I, I want to say this to you. I don't know how, how you feel about God's presence, but, you know, like, uh, after I become a Christian, Rhonda and I, you know, we started a boyfriend and girlfriend kind of thing, and we would go at places with her family on trips, and we would sort of circle up and have prayer before we get, and the prayer would be something like this. It would be, okay, God, we're about to go on vacation. We ask you to be with us. Be with us. Well, let me tell you something. If you're a Christ follower today, you don't have to pray that prayer, because if you're a Christ follower, God's already with you. He's going everywhere you go. So listen, make sure where you go is a good place for him to go because he's going with you, right? Some of you need to think about that next time, right? Hey, God's going here. I'm taking God with me. So really the prayer should be like, the prayer should be like, Lord, here we go. We're going to Florida. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll, let's have a good time. We're going, God. See what I'm saying? Instead of be with me, let's get ready. Let's go, God. So God is already with you. You don't have to ask God to be with you. Understand that about God's presence. If you're Christ's follower, look what the Bible says in, in uh, Isaiah 26 and 3. He's talking about God here. Look what he says. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are what? Whose thoughts are fixed on you. You've got to fix your thoughts on God. In your, if you want peace in your life, stress to go down, peace to go up, then you have to fix your thoughts on God. Now, our focus will determine the amount of stress we have or peace that we have. So I've got Donovan's going to come out here, and he's going to bring some things with me. I'm going to illustrate this to you. Thank you, sir. Now, you see my little dinosaur friend? Is anybody scared of this, by the way? Okay, I'm not scared of anybody right now. Ah! Somebody just, you like the left out here, didn't you? This doesn't scare you, does it? I mean, like, now listen, if you're two years old, this could be a little creepy, right? Okay, like, we put things like this in our baby, our kids' bed. Now, you just leave with your little dinosaur friend. Are you kidding me, two years old? What I want to show you is this, is that this represents a problem in my life. This is a, this is a scary thing in my life. It could be, but right now, see, it's, it's a little problem because it's not that scary. It's plastic. You know, I'm not scared of this. You scared of this? Yeah, scared of this. But let me show you something. This flashlight that I have right here represents my focus, my attention, what I think about. I want to show you. We're going to go ahead and take the lights down. Okay, let me, okay, I think we got it right. Taking the lights down. You with me? Everybody with me? Wow, wow. I always want to be the light guy. Here we go. <laughs> Look up on the screen with me. Look. Look at my dinosaur friend. He's up here. Look, here he comes. Now I'm going to tell you something. That right there shows up in my room tonight. I got a problem. <laughs> I'm scared. Don't <laughs> 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 you? That showed up. I'm like, oh my goodness. But see, see my focus? Look, watch what I want to show you is that the less, the further my focus gets away, the smaller it gets. But the more I begin to focus on this little thing that's not really scary, but the more I focus on, look how big that joker gets. Look at that. See that? I mean, like, the more I focus, he gets scarier and scarier. I'm going to show you something else. All right, hold on just one second. 
So that's my problem. Now watch this. This is my God. Look. The more I focus on him, look out, look at this, the bigger and bigger he gets in my life. And so my focus determines in my life what's big in my life. And so we're going to turn the lights back on. And so the question I have you, thank you, Donovan. Donovan, you come pick this up. Let's give Donovan a big hand right here. Thank you, Donovan. Don't let that thing bite you. It can grow. But what I want to tell you is see how that grows? Some of you got little problems. You know, you got, it's really not that big. But because that's all that you see, you can't see God anymore. And all you see, and that problem is grown in this big dinosaur. Right now, you got almost ulcers. You got stomach acid that's turning. You're laying awake at night because of all this stuff. And God is saying, change your focus. Change your focus. Look what the Bible says in Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength. And would you read the last part with me? You ready? Always ready to help in times of? Times of trouble. Look, does your car have idiot lights on it? Mine does. It's like, idiot, get some gas, right? It's like, isn't it amazing? Like, you have to have that light to flash. I'm like, Ron, you got any gas? She said, well, my light's not on. I was driving my daughter's car, I'm not used to it, uh, driving it, and, and uh, it, it, you know, the, it has like a quarter of a tank, it's red on the quarter of a tank, so it's empty. And so her, her, the hand gets on the quarter of a tank, and I think, okay, well, I just got to go to the gym tomorrow and back, you know, no big deal. And that's only maybe six mile round trip, I don't know, not, not long at all. And so I just, you know, I, so I said, well, I'll just go there and back. So I get in the next morning, go to early, and, I, and I'm on my way back, and that thing's on. I mean, it's already went to empty. The light's flashing. Idiot, 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 get some gas, idiot, get some gas. I'm like, gee, Louise, I mean, it just dropped like that. Thank God for that idiot light, you know, or I would have been on the side of the road. Do you know what? It's, they're called warning lights, not idiot lights. I call them idiot lights, but they're called warning lights. Do you know that God has a warning light in your life? That when your focus has gone to your problem and off of Him, do you, do you know how that you know when that's gone off of God? Here it is. You ready? Here it is. Here's how you're going to know. Stress. When you're becoming, beginning to be stressed out, you know that your focus has shifted off of God onto your problem and the more you focus on your problem, the bigger and bigger it's going to get. And the more stress you're going to have and the more discomfort you're going to have, more physically, uh, you're physically, you're going to be messed up because of that stress. Let me tell you this. My, uh, my mother and father-in-law love this show that comes on television. It's called Dancing with the Stars. Anybody seen that show? Okay. Yes. I don't know, man. It just, it just captivates them. I, I'm not that, it just, I don't know, this didn't do that much for me. But anyway, just in case you don't know, it's a show to where these professional dancers take these celebrities who can't dance, I guess, sort of like me, I would guess, not a celebrity, but just can't dance, uh, would come in and they would teach them over time to dance and they would compete and get judged. And so we go down to their house sometimes. If Dancing with the Stars is on, you have no audience. It's like, shh, watch them. Shh, watch them. Like, man, I don't want to watch them. Don't talk, watch. <laughs> you know how hard that is for me? Like, I say, have you? Shh, watch this. <laughs> I'm like, 
<laughs> yeah, whatever. I'll show you some boom chicken. Never mind. That <laughs> hurt my knee, by the way. <laughs> but anyways, as you want, you know, I noticed that when they do these little clips about when they're training, and they'll go in that room where they're training, and this is what the professional dancer will tell these people that are multimillionaires. They'll tell them, okay, now you got to look at me, and you got to trust me. Look at me and trust me. Okay, when they go, and so they'll start, you know, trying to do the moves, and the celebrity will take their eye off them and watch their feet or something, and they'll both stumble. And so while they're dancing like that, they'll run, and all of a sudden their eyes will start drifting out, and that professional dancer will look at that multimeter and say, Look at me! Look at, they'll scream at them while they're practicing, and they'll start, Look at me! Look at, look at me! Look at me! Trust me! Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Trust me! multi-millionaires do you know what when you're having stress in your life your heavenly father is saying look at me if you're having major stress in your life this way saying look at me trust me look at me trust me when you can't sleep at night and you're, that problem is mountainous, it's like a dinosaur. If you want that to go away, listen to the Heavenly Father saying, look at me, look at me. And when you begin to look at God, it's amazing how that begins to go away. I don't know if you've ever heard of Corey Ten Boone. But she was a lady that was in World War II. She and her father were in the Netherlands. They actually helped uh, German, uh, the Jewish people escape from Germany. And they were, you know, they were, they were hiding people in their uh, shop. They worked on watches and clocks and stuff. And so finally someone turned them in. And the Nazis come in and, and they captured them and they took them to concentration camps. And they split their family up. But Corrie Ten Boom was her, her, she and her sister ended up in this one camp, and her, her sister was always saying, saying, Corey, listen, just you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. No matter how bad it is, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. And people were dying all around, and they were giving up on hope. She said, keep your eyes on Jesus. And in her book called The Hiding Place, this is what she wrote. She wrote this statement that I, I thought it was so important that I put it on your outline as well, the screens, because I want you to take it with you. And look what it says. She wrote this, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Did you hear that? If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at what? Rest. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The psalmist said in Psalms 46:10. Would you read this with me? It's a real short verse. Let's read it together. You ready? Be still and know that I am that I am God. I want to tell you something. Worry has a great friend, a best friend. You know who his best friend is? Hurry. Worry's best friend is hurry. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Do you know if you quit hurrying so much, your blood pressure would go down? Do you know that? But it's like, we've got to hurry up and get the kids here. We've got to hurry up and do this. We've got to hurry up and get to work. We've got to hurry, hurry. And we, our lives is hurry. 
Here's what I want to tell you. When you live your life hurrying around all the time, and you, your, thoughts are always, your thoughts are always going to fix on your next problem, you've got to get to your next task, and it's only filled with problems, guess what? Then worry is going to be at a maximum. The dinosaur is going to creep its head up. But if you can learn to be still, just a few moments a day, be still. And you know, you just begin to think about that God is real and that he's with you. Then the Bible says that's called worship. When you focus on God, it's called worship. And here's what I want you to know, is when you worship God, your worry comes down. You know, that's what I love about Sunday. That's what I love about church, because one hour we're forced to sit down and we're forced to be still. And we're forced just to know. He's God. And that's why, that's why that many times when you leave here on Sunday, you feel so good, but something happens on Monday, it just drains you like you never had Sunday. Here, here's what I'm going to teach you right now. Are you ready for this? So here's why you come today, so that you don't have to feel that way anymore. It's because when worry begins to come up so much, you're going to lift up worry. When, when worship goes up, worry comes down. When worship goes up, Worry comes down. Would you stand with me right now? We're going to practice this. I want more than anything for you, anything at all. I want your life to be more peace, less stress. And so I'd just like for you to, let's just be a little elementary right now, all right? Let's just do it. Would you just hold your hands out like this? You ready? Come on. Everybody, and, and let's just do it together. You ready? Come on and say it with me. You ready? When worship goes up, worry comes down. Come on, do it again. You ready? When worship goes up, worry comes down. One more time like you mean it. When worship goes up, worry comes down. What are you, listen, what's your dinosaur? What is it right now that's captivated your thoughts so much that it's become bigger than your God? And today your solution is this, is that you begin, as we begin to sing this song, not anymore. My worship's going up. And God automatically will bring my worry down. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, we trust you to do what we cannot do. And God, we're going to lift you up. I know this problem's so big and we don't have any answers, God. So we're just going to lift you up. And when we lift you up, oh God, you're going to do what only you can do. And God, we know that worry is going to come down. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Come on, sing this song. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.